0: In episode 17 of the Nerd Lab, we will talk about the topic how to end a game and will especially deal with the situation when a game takes much longer than expected. To avoid this situation in our games, we will also look at some fatigue and exhaustion mechanics that can be used uh, as secondary loss options. In addition to that, I will also share a little bit of uh, insights from my playtest weekend that happened last week. Mm-hmm. Time to update our quest log. Before we start with the main quest today, I wanted to talk a little bit about the experiences of the playtest weekend uh, as a follow-up to last week's topic. Overall, the playtest of my game went very well. We had a ton of fun and I got an incredible amount of feedback. Uh, The players quickly understood the rules and were able to play on their own with a few questions. But the most important thing was that the core mechanics of the game worked and led to interesting decision points. As you may remember, I had some specific objectives going into the playtest. One of these objectives was to identify my players' expectations of the genre. That worked quite well. I wrote a lot of things down. For example, what style of play they expect from individual classes or what names and flavors um, they expect from different spells. In addition, I wanted to distinguish between mechanics that feel like limitations for the players and mechanics that feel more like a tool. And boy, what can I say? In the beginning, everything felt like an infinite limitation. There were just too many restrictions, players were not able to play spells from their hand because they didn't have the correct slots available or they didn't have enough action point that they could spend Uh, and therefore neither the game nor the tactics of the players could really unfold. This was already apparent in the first round but became much clearer in the second round. So we simply reduced the cost of all spells by one action point and gave each spell a free slot so that other spells could be combined with it. I would call this an emergency or a hotfix. As a result, the game felt much smoother afterwards and the limitations were no longer the main focus of the game. The players had more opportunity to explore the possible combinations of their cards. The moments that were most fun were when players were able to play and combine a lot of cards from their hand in one round. So I want to focus more on this aspect of the game and reduce the restrictions a little bit. The fact that I did the test as a scattershot test, as described in the last episode, definitely helped me to develop a feel for many different ways of implementing individual cards and mechanics. Now I have dozens of pages of notes to work on. I'm not going into the details now about which mechanics or cards worked well and which didn't. I'll try to incorporate this into the corresponding topics on the podcast from time to time. But what I can say in a few words is that the AI and the resource system worked pretty well. And also the combination of a campaign book, the quest track and event triggers felt very good. What didn't go so well was the turn order deck, which, especially in combination with the conditions, led to some confusion as to how long individual conditions would apply. Altogether, it was a great weekend and that gave me a lot of insights and a lot of work for the upcoming weeks. The topic of today's show is also the result of a situation that occurred in one of the games during the playtest. So I will describe this uh, later in this podcast episode. And now for you, the main quest All things must come to an end This generic phrase is absolutely true for board games as well Imagine your favorite game And then imagine the game would go for hours over hours and just wouldn't come to an end. No matter how good the game is you're actually thinking about, after some time it's just not fun anymore. You can't keep the tension up for that long and repeating the same mechanics and plays over and over again becomes boring. I'm always thinking of a commander game in Magic the Gathering with 6 or more players that just doesn't progress, because everyone is neutralizing each other or the board is reset again and again by some board wipes. I often have the feeling that my individual actions no longer have any meaning to the outcome of the match. In this example the problem is not that magic doesn't have a clear ending condition. The problem is more that sometimes games can be stuck. That happens when there is a board stall and no player has a reason to progress towards the end condition. To tackle this problem, some games have secondary win or loss conditions, often also referred to as fatigue or exhaustion mechanics. In Magic, this is achieved by the rule that you lose once your library is empty and you cannot draw a card from it. A situation like this also happened to my game during playtesting last weekend. I will briefly talk about typical ending conditions of games um, to start the topic before I explain what happened with my game. After that we will analyze some fatigue and exhaustion mechanics that can be used to prevent the game from being stuck for too long. There are a number of common ways to bring games to an end. Each with their own advantages and disadvantages. Typical ways of ending a game are for example fixed endpoints. This is also the simplest way of ending a game. By having a clearly defined situation at which the game ends. This could be achieved by a time restriction. Uh, For example the game 5 minute dungeon always stops after 5 minutes. Or the game ends once a chess clock runs out of time. Or the game could uh, end after a given number of turns for example. Another ending possibility is um, a race. Um, In a race, the game ends once a preset condition is met by a single player. The ending condition could be something like as soon as a player acquired six of the resource tokens or as soon as one player reached the final spot on a track on the board. The advantage of this ending variant is that these games show a clear progress and they make it easy for players to track their current position in the race. Another option of ending your games is by defeat the game ends once a player or team is defeated this is often achieved by reducing a resource such as hit points to zero in cooperative games defeat often happens by having too much or too little of something Uh, in pandemic you for example lose if you run out of disease cubes so you have too little of them In Magic, you lose uh, once you run out of cards in your deck. Or you lose once a marker gets to the end of a track. The track or the tokens could be literally anything. It could be rage, stamina, loyalty, insanity, moral, whatever fits with the theme of your game. And another option of ending a game is a mission. In a mission, each player or a team of players has to fulfill an objective. Often players get a card telling them what they need to do. This can happen hidden or revealed and the game ends once a player or a team achieved their mission objective. If the goal was hidden, the game can sometimes end very suddenly. A good example for a mission is the game Risk, where every player gets an objective, something like uh, control a specific area on the battlefield or control a certain amount of units or eliminate a specific player. And once a player has achieved its objectives, he or she wins the game. This is definitely not an exhaustive list of uh, game-ending mechanics, but I think these are the most common win-and-loss mechanics in games. And I don't want to go too much into detail here, but I thought they would make for a good starting point of the discussion. In my game, you are always on a mission. But one of the main selling points of my game is that the objective of that mission can be almost anything. My quest track can be used to create an objective that has a defined endpoint. For example, if you can defend the wall for 8 turns, you win though the defined endpoint would be 8 turns. But it could also be used to simulate a race by placing different tokens on the quest tag and letting them move under certain different circumstances. An example would be that you are hunted by a group of orcs and their war dogs, and you win that quest if you somehow manage to get to position 6 on the track before the orc token is on the same spot um, as your token on the track. And the quest track could also be used to track the amount of a resource. That means it can be used to track if you have too much or too little of something. And it can even measure it for the entire group or for an individual character, an NPC or an enemy. An example would be that the game ends once you found five clues for a mysterious murder. The combination of the quest track and my other game elements allows for very interesting quest design and makes the entire game very diverse. Sure, it also has its flaws and issues and it is by no means finished yet, but that flexibility in regards to the ending options of a quest is what I really, really like about it. One issue that came up during the playtest session last weekend though was a situation in which the players had an unlimited amount of turns and they used these unlimited amount of turns for preparation and recovery. In that situation I realized that my quest track is very versatile on one hand, what is a good thing, but on the other hand it sometimes is not restrictive enough in regards to the time component. What I mean by that is that there is not always a strict time limit that forces the players to push the quest forward. In that specific quest, the players were supposed to escape from an orcish laboratory, in which a shaman had performed some unspeakable experiments on them. The problem was, once all the enemies on the battlefield were eliminated, there was nothing that pushed my players to go to the next room. What was supposed to be an escape in which the players get weaker and weaker from room to room uh, degenerated quickly into a quest in which they cleared the dungeon room by room and rested in between until they were fully healed and perfectly buffed for the next room. And that situation made me thinking. It would be easy to solve this mistake in the quest design by adding a time component in addition to the number of rooms they had to go through. But I am sure that the same situation would come up again and again in other quests as well. And I didn't want to have a specific time limit in all of my quests. So what was my game missing? It was missing an exhaustion mechanic. Something that simulates the strains of an adventure life and ensures that the heroes become weaker and weaker as the quest progresses. But why exactly do I need an exhaustion or a fatigue mechanic? The goal of the mechanic is to make sure there is always some pressure to push the quest forward and to eliminate the situation in which the players have an unlimited number of turns. It should also function as a secondary loss condition and limit the game's length. And especially in longer games, fatigue may become a tactical element for players to decide how they allocate their resources. The underlying idea of such a mechanic could also be explained with the following causality chain. Players are using actions and they are building exhaustion because of that. And that somehow reduces their character's abilities and strength. In order to find the best possible mechanic for my game, I did what I always do. I asked for help in the community and researched what other game designers have used in their games. Then I defined some design principles for me regarding the mechanic and tried to incorporate it into my theme and my existing mechanics. So let's talk a little bit about the design principles that I came up with. The following principles are my design principles for an exhaustion mechanic. They are for a cooperative fantasy card game. An adventure card game. They may be completely different for your game, but I hope they can at least be used as a good starting point to think about your own um, design principles. The first thing um, has been mentioned on Reddit by the user Tavaka, um, and it is the concept of agency. It makes a huge difference whether a player can decide for himself when to rest or exhaust compared to a game that simply tells him he is exhausted and has to rest. The very simple decision of do I rest now or do I wait one more turn adds a lot to the game because the consequences of that decision can be very complex. A disadvantage of giving players agency about when to rest is extended game length, because you add another decision they have to think about individually and maybe even have to discuss with their team. However, I really like that tactical element in games that give players agency over how far they exhaust themselves. That's why one of my design principles for this mechanic is to give players agency. Thank you, Tavaka, for pointing me into that direction. Another aspect that was also mentioned by Tavaka is the question of who is going to be affected by the exhaustion mechanic. That could be either the individual player or the entire group that becomes weaker and weaker. But the exhaustion mechanic could also affect the enemies and grow their strength as longer as the game progresses. I will mention that later. Each of these creates a different feel to the game and emphasizes either individual weakening a hard time limit or a growing evil. The evil in my game is not always acting in the same way. Therefore I can rule that option out. But I like the idea of having different play styles that allow players to exhaust at different rates. That's why I tend towards an individual solution. But I don't want to rule out a group solution in which all players rest individually but use some kind of shared resource to pay for the rest. The next design principle that I already mentioned is that I want the exhaustion mechanic to be very well integrated into my existing game mechanics. I don't want to add another game element. I could easily implement some kind of stamina bar, but the additional bookkeeping would not only slow down the game, it would also require additional mental capability, what can lead to paralysis for some players. My goal is to tackle the exhaustion mechanic Um, together with some challenges of other game elements in my game at once. The next design principle is that the exhaustion mechanic should be thematically integrated as well. This should be easy in my game. In my game, players are acting as an adventurer. That means it should somehow represent physical or mental fatigue. The last thing I did uh, for the design principles was to define some influencing factors for exhaustion. And by influencing factors I mean aspects of the game, the quest or the character decisions that should affect the rate at which players exhaust. And I came up with the following list. The first one is the number of actions a player takes. In my game this is almost equivalent of how fast a player churns through his deck. A player that plays 4 spells every turn should exhaust faster than a player who plays only 2 spells a turn. The second point is the power of the character actions. Some actions are clearly more powerful than others. And if possible I would like to see an exhaustion mechanic that takes that into account as well. Environmental influencing factors are the third point. In some quests players maybe have to spend a significant amount of time in a rough environment. Let's say a burning building or underwater. I love the idea that the players are exhausting faster under these circumstances. And the fourth point is encumbrance by armor. A character's armor can also influence how fast he becomes exhausted. Remember the Game of Thrones scene in which Bronn fights the Knight of the Eyrie at the bloody gate. Bronn is wearing a light leather armor and the Knight a heavy plate. Bron wins this fight only because his enemy exhausts earlier than he does. And oh, there's one more point for the design principle that just came to my mind again. Uh, players shouldn't feel useless after a rest. So they shouldn't have too strong restrictions. But the restrictions need to be strong enough to incentivize the players to advance the quest. This is probably best done when either the restriction become worse from exhaust to exhaust or the frequency in which players have to rest is increased towards the end of the game. If you are actively looking for your own exhaustion mechanic, I think it would be very helpful for you to define your own design principles for that mechanic. With these principles in mind, uh, let's go through some examples of fatigue mechanics in games. The first way and maybe the simplest way of adding exhaustion to your game is by adding fatigue as a separate resource. Um, The game that I wanted to mention here as an example is Descent. Each hero class has a stamina value that represents the maximum amount of fatigue a hero may suffer and determines with how many fatigue tokens he or she starts. Players can actively spend fatigue in two ways. They can use it to spend it for an additional movement or um, some skills require the hero to suffer fatigue um, in order to use them. That amount of fatigue is listed on that specific card. Uh, Once a hero is out of fatigue tokens, he or she may not spend any fatigue again until a rest action has been performed to recover all fatigue tokens. In the case of Descent, Fatigue is an additional resource to represent the exhaustion of a character. However, the way the mechanics are implemented doesn't really help to bring the game to an end because the characters are fully recovered after a rest. Another way of ending a game is uh, by running out of cards or using the deck as a limitation. In most traditional trading card games such as Magic the Gathering, players instantly lose the game as soon as they run out of cards in their library. This is a secondary loss mechanic and acts as a time deadline every player is affected by. If the deck size is fixed and you draw a fixed amount of cards per turn, running out of cards is only another way of measuring the number of turns taken and thus players do not really have full control over it. Hearthstone also uses the deck of cards as a limitation. That means it has a similar exhaust mechanic to magic, but it's a little bit more forgiving. Instead of straight up dying when you run out of cards, Fatigue deals an increasing amount of damage to players who have already drawn all of their cards in their deck whenever they attempt to draw another card. Fatigue deals 1 damage to the hero plus 1 damage for each time Fatigue has already dealt damage to the player. That means the mechanic deals cumulative damage to the player. I prefer the implementation of Hearthstone here because it doesn't end the game right away but still gives the player a little chance to win. If you lose as soon as you run out of cards it can sometimes feel pretty abrupt and surprising to a player. With the system that Hearthstone uses, the fatigue mechanic feels better integrated in the game's existing health system. Um, It just connects better with the whole rest of the game and makes it feel like every decision made during the game mattered. Uh, But is this exhaustion mechanic really what drives the game forward? In my eyes, it isn't. It's just a secondary loss condition. In Magic and Hearthstone alike, the mechanic that pushes a game towards the end is a different one. It is the resource system. In these games, the resource system works in such a way that you are able to play more powerful cards from turn to turn. Because the amount of mana you have uh, increases from turn to turn as well. It keeps raising the power level. The game will then end because the spells are big enough to make it end. The game creates a system that enables the players to end it. That doesn't fully solve the problem, there can still happen board stalls even in the later stage of the game. But with the spells being more powerful towards the end of the game, the chances are increased that the board stall can be overcome. Another way of implementing an exhaustion mechanic is when recovering comes with a cost. Whenever you play a card as an action, you have to put that card into some kind of discard pile. And once you're out of available cards, you have to rest. But resting can come with the cost. In Gloomhaven, for example, you have to remove one card per rest action from your discard pile to your lost pile. That means you cannot get it back under normal circumstances. In addition to that, some cards are lost as part of the casting costs. That means their effect is so strong that you can only use it once during a game. That means with every rest action and every card you lose, the number of available cards in your deck is reduced. That means towards the end of the scenario you will have to rest more often and your options are limited. I think this is a brilliant mechanic. This mechanic creates so much interesting decision points um, and it really feels like your character exhausts more and more when the quest progresses. In Spirit Island, um, recovering cards also comes with a cost, but it is a different kind of cost. It is more of an opportunity cost. Um, As a growth action, you could reclaim all played power cards from your personal discard pile by returning them to your hand. But this action directly competes with other crows actions, such as gaining presence or gaining additional power cards. In both of these examples, players have a lot of agency of how and when they want to rest. I really, really like that about both of these mechanics. Another example for ending a game would be to limit the number of reshuffles that are allowed during a match. In Mage Knight, for example, this is used as some kind of fixed time mechanism. Depending on the quest, the number of reshuffles is limited to a specific value. For example, the lengths could be specified as 6 rounds, each consisting of 6 to 8 turns. This mechanic creates a very ruthless time limitation. I have heard different opinions about it. Some people like it, others don't. It forces the players to maximize efficiency because the time limitation often is the most important factor in the game. The next example is not a real mechanic. It is more like a possibility or a way to simulate exhaustion in a a game. And it is directly reducing the combat strength of a player. So let's use the dice pool mechanic for example. Let's say a player typically rolls a number of dice as part of a skill challenge. A well-rested character may succeed on a 4, 5 or 6, while an exhausted player would only succeed on a 6. I don't have a concrete example or game that uses this mechanic, uh, but I thought it would make sense to mention it here anyway, because... uh, It is an interesting way to give the player agency about when he wants to take the rest. Some players may prefer to take a rest earlier in order to increase their probability of success. Others are maybe better prepared to take the risk and want to test their luck with a more difficult test. I like the idea of steadily decreasing the strength of a character but giving him the agency to decide when he wants to rest to regain at least some of his uh, combat strength. Many of the examples I already talked about now came from competitive games. But in competitive games, your opponent typically has an interest to make progress in the game. He wants to win. In cooperative games, you do not have a real human being as an enemy. That's why these games need a mechanic to simulate this interest. Uh, Let's take Aeon's End as an example here. Aeon's End takes a different approach in order to bring the game to an end. Regaining the used cards is free in Aeon's End and comes without a cost. There is no real exhaustion mechanic that directly affects the players. An increased difficulty towards the end of the game is achieved by increasing the strength of the opponents. The mechanic that scales up the opponent is a deck of cards that determines the actions of the AI. The deck is divided into three different difficulty levels. On the other side, the players also become stronger and stronger as long as the game progresses, because their decks become more streamlined and consist of stronger spells. The combination of stronger enemies and stronger players leads to the fact that Each spell has more impact at the end of the game, or each turn has more impact at the end of the game. And that increases the chances that the game ends uh, dramatically. Another co-op example comes from the game Legends of Andor. In Andor, killing enemies is directly related to making progress in the quest. Each killed opponent causes the narrator token to move one field forward on the quest track. What means the quest progresses and you come closer towards your loss condition. This leads to the fact that players are only allowed to kill a limited number of enemies in each quest. And this solves the problem that the players always kill all the enemies first and then take care of the actual non-combat quest goals. Another example for advancing the quest can be found in Arkham Horror, the living card game. Each turn you have to put one Doom token onto the current Agenda card. And the Agenda cards represent the progress and objectives of the enemies in a scenario. And the players want to prevent them to advance. But if the value of Doom tokens in play equals or exceeds the Doom threshold of the current Agenda card, the Agenda deck advances. Because you are putting one doom token on the agenda card each turn, you have a time constraint that is always working against the players. If you have some kind of AI mechanic like that in your game, you could easily combine it with an exhaustion mechanic by saying that once you take a rest, you put one doom token onto the next agenda card. That would add another variable to the equation and make resting a little bit more painful for your players. And finally, the conclusion. As a conclusion, we can say that there needs to be something ...in your game that moves it along towards completion. You have to have something built in your game... ...that makes sure it advances and ends at some point. And this should be an element... ...that is not entirely in the hands of your players. You can't depend upon your players to advance the game. So I think agency is something good... ...but you cannot hand it over to your players entirely. That means in a neutral state... ...your game should be pushing the players towards completion... Because if the players make the wrong decision in the game, uh, the game may become stalled and never end. Or it could be way too long. It is our job as a game designer to set the pace of our games. I hope I was able to give you some inspiration with the examples I provided today. Um, And you can come up with a mechanic that puts some pressure on your players to put the game towards the completion. You could do it with a strict time limitation, you could do it by escalating enemies or by an event deck that progresses every round. I think exhaustion, on the other hand, is best done when the players are given fewer options or their options become more costly towards the end of the scenario. In case of my game, this means that I will most probably handle time limits and increasing monster strength within my quest design, which can be different for each quest, but won't be in players' agency. Exhaustion, on the other hand, will be something players have more agency of. For my next iteration, I will test an exhaustion mechanic that lets players exhaust when they have no cards left in their deck or when they are out of threat tokens. When they rest, they will regain some of their cards and they will reset some of their threat tokens. But they won't get back all of them. That means they will have to rest more often the longer the quest goes and they will lose access to some of their spells. Something to keep in mind is that a well-crafted game should end before the players want it to end. In fact, the game should end as early as possible. From a designer's perspective, it is much better to have a game that players wanted to last longer than one that they wanted to stop earlier. And a good mechanic that pushes the game towards completion, along with a challenging exhaustion mechanic, helps to do that. Thank you so much for all your comments and emails and messages. That means a lot to me. You can leave a comment on nerdlikeaboss.com or find me on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook with the hashtag nerdlikeaboss. Thank you so much for listening and until next week, keep shooting for the moon and nerd like a boss.